Welcome everybody to another episode of The Sheriff. Guys, I am so excited. I actually have two special guests with me today. Okay, so I'm going to introduce them right away. I got Chase Drisco and I got Will Clark. Guys, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Now, the really exciting part about this is the fact that Splitting Twigs, your podcast, I was on mm-hmm. very recently. Okay. I had such an incredible time, guys, that before the show was over, we had to make a deal. <laughs> I had to say, listen, this is a deal. This is contract negotiations. I had such a good time. You guys are such awesome people. I want to be involved in your lives. I hope I know you guys for an extremely long time. And will you please be special guests on my show? <laughs> and, <laughs> and you guys apply. And I appreciate Absolutely. that. Oh, yeah. With, I mean, without hesitation. Apparently, I don't know how to talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> without hesitation, that was definitely something that we wanted to be a part of. And we're so excited to be here. Absolutely. It was no negotiation needed. I mean, as soon as the invite was there, without a doubt, Sean, you're a great person. And we're definitely excited to be here. Awesome, guys. Well, I, I definitely appreciate that. Now, Chase, we got something that we need to talk about. And that I'm sure a lot of the listeners will be interested in. Now, unfortunately... You contracted the COVID-19 virus. Yes. When was this? And please tell us how this came about. So around um, Thursday of last week. Yeah, Thursday of last week. I, um, no, Thursday of two weeks ago. Sorry. So um, right around then, somebody around me had actually gotten COVID like a few days before and a very ironic coincidence was the day before I tested positive, I got hospitalized because I had a really, really bad headache and I was throwing up. So I put me on fluids and stuff and then I felt a lot better. So I came home and then we found about, out about the person who tested positive. And one of our friends who's a nurse said, you know, what you had that day when you went to the hospital can actually be signs of COVID. So I ended up going over to our little um, like urgent care and I got a rapid test and it came back positive. So that was really scary. But throughout the entire thing, I never got a fever. I did, I lost my like I lost my sense of taste to an extent. Like I could tell what foods were, but like so this is what I always tell my mom because I really like cooking. Like I could tell if it was steak or chicken, but I couldn't tell what it was seasoned with. Like I couldn't tell if there was salt or pepper or rosemary on it at all. So that was kind of weird. And then my obviously my sense of smell went away completely. Like I put on hand sanitizer and I couldn't smell the hand sanitizer. It's so weird. Really? Yeah. Those wow. those Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, man. I mean I mean that's that must have been shocking to see. That that test result. So you said it was a rapid test that you got. Yes. Okay. So, what are the next steps after like you find something out like this? So I immediately put on a mask because I was with my mom and I didn't have a mask on. So I put on a mask. I didn't touch her, do anything like that. When I got home, I grabbed my computer and my school stuff, and then I went into my room. I um, just kind of stayed away from everybody. When they, when they would bring me food, they'd knock on my door. I'd wait five to ten seconds, and then I'd put on a mask and grab my food. 
Or and like when I went to the bathroom, I had to wear a mask out. I would wash my hands constantly and stuff like that. And I just didn't really leave my room for um. So it's ten days from the first time you showed symptoms. So because that Wednesday I went to the hospital for symptoms, they counted that as the first day. So I went nine days from the day I tested positive. So nine days and nine nights I spent sitting in that room playing, um, watching The Big Bang Theory and playing Rocket League. Now, I'm sure, and, and thank you for sharing that, I'm sure that these days, with all the technology, it might not be that bad, right? Yeah. As long as it's not too, too long, the quarantine, right? Like, nine days? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad. I thought it was going to be terrible, but it was actually really fun. Like I got to, I got to talk to my girlfriend all day. I got to play Rocket League all day. I got to watch TV all day. I mean, really, the only physical thing I had to do was I ran about um, a mile, two miles, three miles, depending upon how I felt a day. And other than that, I mean, I did some workouts and stuff like that. But I mean, most of the time, I was just relaxing. Well, well, Chase. I mean, I have to. I have to say, man. Like, like I did say. I did see the video that that you posted. You know, letting people know what happened and stuff like that. And man, I I have to admit, man, you're a pretty inspiring kid. Like your attitude towards it was incredible. You had a smile on your face the whole time. Okay, man. I'm telling you right now, you look like you've been on a vacation or something because you look very well rested very very healthy and very very strong so congratulations for getting over that hump because you must have been pretty worried like internally like like mentally you must have been like because no one really knows like completely about this and and it's a big mystery to a lot of people and you did it buddy so congrats thank you so much yeah i was fantastic it was definitely a scary experience because you see all the people passing away on the news or hospitalized. Yeah. And thankfully, I was one of the lucky few who didn't really get it that bad. Now, I'm a, I'm a very lucky guy because not only were you an inspiring figure in that video, letting all your followers know, don't worry, Chase is the man, he's getting through this. But you also <laughs> let them know that you got to take a, like some time off of work with the pod and everything. And but... For Sheriff Sean McMorrow, you will be back. So, man, I was like, wow, like this is incredible, <laughs> man, right? Like I'm involved with this inspirational video, right? So, yeah, so I – sorry, go ahead, Chase. Oh, yeah, I I had to make sure to include you. I was so sad. Like that was one of the first things that I talked to my mom about when I found out I had COVID. I was like, wait, didn't I have a podcast with the sheriff on Monday? And she was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. That's awesome. Well, what was it like for you knowing that he was going through this? So it was, I, I experienced it as well. I was quarantined for, I think, I think I was in there for about 13 or 14 days when I had it back in December. And, um, it, so I kind of knew what he was feeling. Um, the, the best thing is the, the food showing up at the door. It's, you know, it feels like you're in prison, but you're not. <laughs> Um, and I think the worst part that I had to experience through his entire COVIDness was, uh, I had to carry the treadmill from the garage up to his room and deliver him a treadmill. So he could stay in shape for tryouts this week, <laughs> but, but no, it was good. I, we just, um, I know from experience, like 
the, the pulsometer thing is really important if you have it to monitor your oxygen, your pulse. So we gave him one of those and, um, you know, just checked up on him all the time. And I think he, he did really well. And it was amazing to see the dedication he had. He was so worried about his show, his tryouts and, and improving himself while he was down that it was really, really awesome to watch. Fantastic. And, and it's, and it's inspiring. And, you know, I'm going to be using the word inspiring, motivating, hardworking, because that seems to be the theme with you guys. Right. And, and which, which I appreciate. So this is what I want to get into now, guys. I want to get into the fact that splitting twigs is an incredible platform. It's an incredible podcast, right? I was very, very honored to be on your show. Like I mentioned earlier. Okay. But now I want to talk about what the true meaning is for us doing this, guys. Okay, so now let's 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 look at this. I have a podcast. You guys have a podcast. We both been guests on each other's show now. Okay, I would consider us friends. Oh, absolutely. I, I would hope that you guys feel the same way. I consider all of you guys a, a friend of mine, and, and that and that also goes with Mallory and Austin as well, because you guys are a team. So now. What has this done for me? I've got to meet incredible people. I get to watch inspirational videos from my buddy Chase, okay? <laughs> right? We've also been learning from each other, guys. We're also promoting each other. So in my opinion, this is nothing but growth. Absolutely, Absolutely. nothing but growth. It's a learning experience. We're learning new skills. We're networking. And to me, being able to deliver the message for you guys, it's the same thing. Your show is based on certain things. And I want you to let the listeners know what you guys try to make your show about. So our show is, is really geared towards, towards youth hockey players, towards up-and-comers that are you know around Chase's age and even some younger. Um, what we like to do is take guys who have experience, who have who have rode the highs of the successes, but who have also rode the lows of the challenging times and had to overcome a lot and take experience like that and pass it on to the younger generation as, you know, a guy, hey, I'm coming up to the NHL draft. This is the path I took to get here. This is the work I put in so younger people can mirror that or other people who may be experiencing things they don't want to talk about behind the doors in the locker room or, or stuff like that to where guys who have been through it and, and their careers are done and they've moved on to different businesses and their, and their life has moved on. Um, how did they overcome that stuff when they were younger? And then ultimately what can we do to change the culture and, and just kind of keep it going in the right direction? Our podcast is all about making hockey truly for everybody. Honestly, kind of like USA hockey put on that one poster. I remember seeing that all over my rink. I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool because like, even if you don't play hockey, hockey is still for you. Like, you can watch the NHL, you can watch juniors, you can watch your college team. You know, it's just a really cool sport. Yes, for sure. And I, that's interesting to me that that, that stands out to you because, you know, I actually, you know, had a conversation with you recently where you were talking about what had happened on your team as far as players being centered out and the coaches accepting that type of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, what I wanted to get into now, Chase, was I want to tie 
the hockey to the podcast now. Now, I don't know if the listeners are aware, but you've only played hockey for a few years. Yeah, I started at the beginning of seventh grade, and after the I'm in ninth grade right now. Okay, so now in that amount of time, you've obviously grown a lot, and I'm not talking about size. I'm talking about mental aspects, um, experience-wise, and everything. So do you feel that without the hockey that the podcast would have still happened, or do you feel that it comes with each other? I feel like it comes with each other because without hockey, I wouldn't have met the people that it required to meet to actually be able to make the podcast. You know, like hockey led me to the podcast. So I think that if I never played hockey, this podcast wouldn't have happened. Me meeting you wouldn't have happened. A lot of good things that have happened in my life wouldn't have happened, you know? That's I know exactly what you mean by that. And And what amazes me, Chase, is just the fact that you know, I would be I would be pretty impressed, you know, talking to Will and hearing these answers from him as a grown man. <laughs> but brother, I mean, I, I I was talking to Will the other day and I and I said and I said sixteen. But how old are you really? I'm fifteen. You are fifteen. I was saying sixteen, sixteen, sixteen. You're fifteen years old. <laughs> when is your birthday, Chase? January twentieth. January 20th. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because as we discussed before, we're one day apart. I'm January 19th and you're January 20th. Yes. We're both right on the cusp of the Capricorn and Aquarius. Yes. We are very, very similar. And I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy and, and why I interact with you guys so well because of that similarity, my friend. And I think we're going to get a little bit more into that a little bit later. So... I wanted to, I, I wanted to, you know, to tie back the podcast and the hockey because, Chase, for me, when I was playing hockey as a kid, I was on a team that was so competitive. We were the team that did the most traveling, went on the most tournaments, you know, we're pretty much the busiest, okay? So because of the support that I had from my family and my peers, I wasn't overwhelmed as a kid. But I didn't really get to branch out the way that you are with the podcast. And the opportunity that I see what you're doing is not only are you playing the sport, which makes this so credible, Chase, because you're able to talk about personal experiences. It doesn't matter what sport it is. It's all about team camaraderie. Okay. It's about team unity. And when the team gets along the best, I feel that that's the teams that do the best in the standings. So now, what I'm getting at here is your podcast, guys. This is a family business. Yes. Absolutely. It works out very, very well for you guys. I want you guys to talk about that aspect of it. The fact that it's family members that you're doing this with. What you're able to get out of it because it's family. And, and, what, and what follows that? So... I think that at times it's really amazing to be working with your family. Like, obviously, it's your family. It's good to spend time with it. And at other times during things like this, especially with my mom, it can be very, very difficult, you know, because, like, I feel as though, like, 
spending a lot of time with your family is very important, but then there's like too much, you know? <laughs> so like, I love spending time with my mom, but there's times that I want to like go hang out with my friends and then I get nine calls from my mom and she's freaking out because I went down the block, you know? <laughs> so I think that there has to be a point of like, it's amazing to be with my parents, like working with all my family and I love it, but it's also difficult at times, but I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know? That's that's fantastic, buddy. Well, what what I I kind of agree the same. I think that, you know, family oftentimes shares a common bond. And when hockey the hockey family, the hockey community is unlike nothing that's out there. It is they have each other's backs no matter what. I mean, when Chase broke his leg, um the the outpouring of support was unreal and and with the podcast and everything it, it wouldn't be possible without his mom Mallory and Austin I mean and it keeps us so close together this is our second studio we've just stood up one in our house now one at Austin's and it really does keep us all connected um it it, it is an unreal feeling and it's awesome to be able to work with your family instead of just random people that you work with every day <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, no, and, and it's a beautiful thing, guys. And, like, I mean, I, I have, like, a somewhat similar situation. Um, you know, my, my team is pretty much made up of my co-host, which is my friend that lives in Philadelphia, but also my brother-in-law, Danny Granger. That's Danny Granger Art. And to be honest with you, for me, my show has brought me and my brother-in-law closer than we've ever been in our lives, right? And like, and that's a beautiful thing. You know, mm -hmm. it's making my sister happy. It's making my mom happy. It's making me happy. Danny happy. Like, everybody's happy, right? And so for me, it's more than just us doing podcasts. It's who's involved. Oh. It's who helps us build what we're building. And then when we're able to, to do a cross thing like we are, guys, it just makes it so much more powerful. And, and, and the platforms that we can do, we can, I can come back on yours. You guys can come back on mine. We can do fundraising together, promoting, advertising. If we, if we get all excited about you know, a certain thing, then we can, we can promote it, right? And that's, that's the power of us joining forces. So now... I want to talk about some perseverance. I want to talk about resilience. I want to talk about hard work. That's what you had to do to come back from your crazy leg injury, man. Yeah. So like, this is something that is important to me because I know what it's like to battle back from an injury chase. I've never had an injury like that. I've been very lucky. I've had very minor injuries. Tell us about the injury, the severity of it. And the battle coming back from it, brother. So I broke my leg um, August of 2020, and it was really, really rough. I broke both bones in my leg. So I remember sitting on a couch for like a solid month because it hurt too much to move. For like a two weeks um, when I had to go to the bathroom, I would have to have somebody lift up my leg because I couldn't like physically lift up my leg because it hurt so bad. And so... Um, that happened and that was really rough so i was really really scared like when i finally got the a-okay -okay to walk i mean i felt relieved but at the same time i felt really really scared so one thing that a lot of people don't know is i got cleared to walk on a monday and i'm pretty sure i walked on a monday if i'm not mistaken when, what was, 
Oh, I didn't walk for two weeks after I was queered because I was so scared. That's a lot of people that that's a lot. That's one thing that not a lot of people know. And um, so, yeah, my actually my private coach was the one who taught me how to kind of walk again and kind of pushed me to walk again. Well, that and my parents started a cortisone shot and I hate shots if I didn't start walking. So and the recovery, it was honestly really rough. Like it, it took a lot. Like even now, I can't bend my ankle as far as I used to. Some of the moves hurts my leg, but I still do it, you know. So um, I think it's pretty rough in the aspect that there are some things that I'll never be able to do again. But it's also good because it's opened up a lot of doors, you know. I'm sure it has. Now, so now when you were coming back from the injury, was there times where, like, I know that there's good days and there's bad days, right, Chase? So on those bad days, though, like, that it must have been really, really tough because when you injure a part of your body, you always realize how much you really use it. Yeah. You know, like you hurt your little pinky, you figure out how much you really use that pinky. Right? Yes. But we're talking about a leg here, man. Right? Yeah. So like like and then and then the other thing I wanted to ask you was so when you say that you were afraid to walk, right? Now that was because you were afraid that it was too early that you were gonna hurt yourself like like, like what was the thought behind that yeah i know that, it was cautionary yeah that's exactly what it was like i was scared that like so i had a dream one night before like a week or two before i got cleared that about walking and it was a dream that um i got cleared to walk and i took a step and my entire leg just shattered and turned into a pool noodle and that did not help me i was so scared to start walking it was just an irrational fear of walking you know after that injury yeah that's <laughs> yes. quite the, but that was quite the journey though wasn't it from the injury to to actually coming back on the ice yeah i feel what? as oh go ahead no no you please Oh, I was going to say, I feel as like it, it was one step at a time, you know, like once I finally started learning how to walk, it went into like learning how to do physical motions, like running and jogging again. Like I was skating before I was running, just to put that in, like skating full speed before I could run again. So just to like put that in perspective and. Or wasn't. Well, I couldn't. So. Like, I could walk, like, I could get up and walk from a door to another door, but I couldn't walk without, like, really bad pain, and I would, like, limp, you know? Because, like, it felt like, every time I took a step, it felt like somebody was hitting me um, in the shin while I had a bruise. Like, have you ever been kicked where you have a bruise or something? That's what it, it felt like every time I tried to walk. So painful, man. Yeah, so, like, I could, I could skate before I could walk correctly, which is kind of weird, because, it like, even now, it doesn't really hurt to skate, but it hurt, like certain movements still hurt to do even walking and stuff like that so it's just kind of weird how hockey doesn't hurt as bad as like normal activities you know yeah there 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 will be more examples of that that you'll see and and it is very interesting because man when we learn to do our glide on the ice it, it it's it's a beautiful thing but when we walk or jog it's so different it's it, it's incredible so now this is this is what I really find interesting. What's this about three months? Oh, so <laughs> I broke my leg in August and they gave me a time frame of like six months before I'd be back at a hundred percent. 
I went to the doctor in November while I was pl- right before I played my first game, and they told me I was going to be skating in February, at like four really? percent. And then I played a week later, and so I broke my leg August fourth. The only reason I remember that is because it was my baby brother's birthday. And, uh, yeah, I broke my leg on my brother's birthday, so it's kind of funny. And um, I started skating at the end of October. And um, I, re- I still remember the first time I got on the ice, I was walking and I felt that pain in my shin again, like that, like like I was getting kicked every time I was walking in my skates. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to skate. And I hopped on the ice, and it felt really weird. But I did it. Like. I remember I couldn't stop on my left leg for a while, and then I finally started getting comfortable and stopping on it. And I think after like three, four weeks, um, I find three weeks, yeah, three weeks. That's when it was. I, I remember now. Um, after like three weeks, I um got back on the ice and I started um uh, skating my first game. And I remember my first game because it was at the Coyotes rink at Gila River Casino, and um that that was a lot of fun. Obviously, I sucked really really bad but it was still an amazing experience to finally play hockey again yeah i mean you've been waiting for it for so long you love it so much you had that fear that you might not ever be able to do it again i know you're probably thinking that because that's that's how i get sometimes when i get hurt chase i never think i'm gonna get better Like I'll be injured and I'll just get down on myself. And what I had to learn throughout my career is just to have more confidence. You like, I I needed to learn to have more confidence in myself that I'm going to get better and everything's going to be okay. Right. But sometimes when we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, it's panic time and it's panic mode. But, but yeah, so I'm man. that, when when I the reason why I had to ask about the three months because I'm like you know what like because obviously I did my research and I was like I don't think this is possible that it could have been that quick so I gotta I gotta kill this guy and ask him because man that is an amazing recovery yeah it it honestly like I remember an episode because everybody always says like it's amazing and it took a lot of work and stuff but I remember what Paul Rosen said in one of the episodes and I definitely relate to it where he said. The actual leg part was easy. It's the mental stuff that was hard, and I 100% agree with that. Like, the recovery was easy. It was just doing the extra steps to get better, which was obviously was hard, but it was still easy and stuff like that. Like, it wasn't, like, excruciating. It was a lot of the mental aspect, especially, like, losing my grandma, which was one of my main support aspects right before I broke my leg because I broke it. Um, she passed away August 1st. I broke my leg August 3rd or 4th. So it was like losing my grandma and then losing my one like way to get away from that and not having my grandma to help me was definitely a really hard aspect of it, but I was still able to get back. Well, Chase, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for sharing that. And I was a little bit, I was a little bit nervous actually to bring that up because I know that that's where the timeline was and that's actually where I wanted to go. And with us talking about the family stuff, I mean, brother, you know how proud she must be of you right now, right? And like, you know, so she's obviously looking down on you, seeing what you're doing, seeing the things that you've that you've overcome. And man, that 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 is absolutely fantastic, right? Oh yeah. Now, do you, would that does will it I guess the way I want to word it word it is motivation 
coming out of that? Like she, like, like, like your grandma, when you first started playing hockey, was she involved with that at all or even on the support side of it? Oh, yeah. I mean, at first, nobody thought I was going to stick with hockey because I played football for so long. I was like, I want to try it. So nobody thought I was, even my mom. And finally, um, after I actually like actually started playing hockey, my grandma was at every single one of my games. She until like COVID hit because she, my grandma was very sick um, for a, very, a lot of years, so she couldn't come because her immune system was not wouldn't have handled COVID. So um, she came to every single one of my games before then, and. My grandpa was actually at the game. I broke my leg, so that meant a lot. So my grandparents were always there for me. And even my grandpa, he still goes to all my games. Well, that I think that's a sign, Chase, that you really got to stick with this. Because I'll tell you what, kid. There's a lot of people that start things and they don't finish them. And I think that the ride that you're on right now, never stop, buddy. Never stop what you're doing. Because it's it's just too good, right? And I can only imagine the stuff that's going to come out of this. And it's just up to us to keep having fun and doing what we're doing. And then, you know, it's it, again, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, right? Exactly. And I know that you enjoy the journey. One way of how I know, Chase, is when you just said your first game back, your face lit up. Your face lit up. You had a big smile, and I'm watching you, and I know what it's like to play at your age, okay? Yeah. And, I, and I know that you love it because I can just tell. You're in your comfort zone. So that makes me happy as a, as a former player to see that because what I'm seeing is that kids your age, Chase, this is usually when a kid either goes for it and continues with it or drops either down a level or just quits altogether, my two younger brothers, that was the age when they decided that they weren't going to be going for it, right? That was the age when I really had to change my life because that was when I started playing junior A tier two in Canada. And, you know, there was the, it was the half visors now instead of the cages. And, and it was, you know, I'm playing with 21-year-olds instead of kids my age, right? And what I want to talk to you about right now is at this age – the pressures at school, the girls, one of the main things that I had when I was your age was my friends getting mad at me because I had hockey and I couldn't go to a party. I couldn't just hang out. I had a commitment. They didn't. That was hard for me. How are you handling that kind of stuff at your age? So I'm in online school, so uh, so I don't really have many friends besides at hockey. And even my hockey, a lot of the kids who I know, they go to practice, they go to their games, and then I don't do anything, you know. And so I I don't really associate myself with anybody who doesn't really try with hockey. And even my girlfriend, my girlfriend, sometimes she gets a little irritated when I'm playing hockey all the time, but she, she's typically very, very, very supportive. Like say I have a surprise hockey thing on one of the days she was, we were supposed to hang out. She doesn't mind. She's perfectly fine with it. So she's definitely very supportive in that aspect. And she's really the only person who I actually hang out with or talk to on a consistent basis. Uh, besides my one friend, Matthew, who I play video games with, and he, we help each other with school and stuff, except 
So yeah, and other than that, man, I really don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think I've ever actually been to a party, and I'm turning 16 in January, and I don't think I like unless it's like a sleepover counts, but I don't really think that counts. So I've never really been to a party or anything like that. I've never done. I've never smoked. I've never drank. And I'm not even just saying that because my parents are here. I'm saying that because like. One, I have lung problems. I don't want to mess myself up even more. And two, I've just never saw a point, you know? Well, Chase, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. that. Like, that's incredible. I think anyone that heard that is very, very impressed. The one thing I can say to you, Chase, is that if you're able, when you're able to continue doing what you're saying you're going to do, which is not do any of these things, buddy... You're going to be so, you're so far ahead of the game right now because most of the kids your age thinks that it's cool to drink, thinks yeah. that it's cool to smoke. They're trying to fit in by doing that. They're not being themselves. They're being followers. They're not being leaders. What yeah. I'm seeing in you is a leader. Because you're doing what makes you feel good, what makes you happy, not what you think other people want you to be like, right? Yeah. And that's what really, really impresses me, okay? Because at your age, and I'm sure you see it, Chase, with, with, with teammates, with, with people your age, this is the time that it's really, really hard. So I'm very happy to hear your attitude towards those subjects, my friend. Oh yeah, I don't I don't see why people should be doing that at our age, you know, like it's not something that like you said it's not cool, it's not anything like that. It's just you know, if you really want to do something, like like if you really want to play hockey or if you really want to like do something that's important to you, you shouldn't try and mess it up just to be like um somebody else's friend who does that because you want to be friends with them, you know. Exactly. Chase, another thing I wanted to talk about was the topic of bullying. Yeah. I find that also at your age is when it can be very extreme. Some kids are very immature and they'll take bullying to a next level. Are you seeing any of that with, with like hockey now? Not necessarily your team. Yeah. But are, are you hearing about it with teams that you play against, peers? So there's um, yes and no. So like with some organizations, I hear that it's really good and that if there is any bullying, that it's shut down really quick. And then with other, other organizations, I see as though like if it's a top player making fun of a smaller player or like somebody who's not as skilled as them, it'll kind of get swept into the rug by the coaches and stuff like that, which, I mean, obviously is going to happen. But I I think that bullying is obviously still a huge problem nowadays, and I don't think it's really ever going to go away completely. I mean, it, it's obviously going to get suppressed eventually, but it's never going to go away. You know, it's just, There's obviously always going to be somebody who hates on you either because they're jealous or they just don't have the same opportunities or something like that. So... I think that there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be bullying. I think it's more about how you handle the situation rather than like um, what the situation is, you know? Yes, for sure. Now, and, and that's the proper way, Chase, okay? But that's not the way that the kids are acting now. Yeah. What would you – one of the things that I think is important is kids speaking up. So what would you say – when you're seeing this happen, 
Like, you're a leader, Chase. Yeah. Kids your age are usually watch first and react later. I'm getting the sense that, that you're going to stand up to that type of thing. So, like, what, what, what advice do you have for kids your age of what to say in that type of situation to break so, that up? I think that the biggest thing is just to stand up for the little guy in the fight. You know, like, if somebody's making fun of somebody, like, tell them to stop, obviously. And if it's not stopping, to get an adult because that's the best thing that you can do. And I think the biggest thing is just, just not to be stupid. You know, don't go and start a fight with the kid who started it because, um, like I said, it's more about how you handle the situation, not about, like, what the situation does to you. So if you fight somebody because they're acting stupid to some other kid, that just shows more about you than it shows about them, you know? So I think the biggest thing is just use your voice because your voice is the strongest, like, tool you have, you know? Man, I wish, I wish that could be a commercial. Right, man, that that that's absolutely perfect. No, but I I do appreciate it, Chase, because I mean it's one thing for me to say this, okay, and then I say it. There's kids your age listening, and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you're their age, and you and you, I know that you've probably done that before. So it's a lot different coming from you because kids don't really realize the power of the voice, the power of the actions, right? So that's what you're displaying right now. And that's great, man. That's great. So now this is, this is, and, 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 and Will, you can, you can comment on this too. So Chase, since you started the podcast, are your aspirations for like the future, have they been altered? Like your goals now that you can kind of see that you're doing really, really well at this right now? So yes and no. So I think that a lot of things have been put into a more realistic aspect because like, um, obviously I don't think I'll ever make the NHL because I'm not like, I'm not one of those players, you know, I'm not a top player, but like, I, I've realized how many different opportunities there are besides the NHL and how many different opportunities there are to play hockey besides going to the NHL and being a top goal scorer like Austin Matthews. Like, cause there's so many professional hockey leagues, not only in America, like the ECHL, but like, um, overseas, you know, like in France and Europe and everywhere up there, France and Europe, the same thing, but like uh, in Europe and overseas and everything like that. So I think it's just opened up my eyes to how many opportunities there really are, you know? And you're absolutely right. And, and I'm impressed that, that you know that because it's, it's hard to know what's out there unless you've seen it really, right? I've seen it. Every European major country has an elite league for hockey now, it seems, okay? There's usually two or three tiers in those countries as well. Yes. There's so many opportunities to play professionally, but, but Chase, even before that, with the scholarships, with things that happen even before pro, there's lots of opportunities for a kid like you, even if the NHL isn't a goal, which it should be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Know, but you know that there's so many opportunities that even if the NHL never came about, brother, this is a means to an end for you with the sport, with the podcast. It's going to open up so many doors for you. I'm telling you that right now. The way that you're carrying yourself, I'm also very impressed. Okay, because you're only 15 years old and you're talking like you're 30. Okay, so now, Will, 
how big of a how how big of a role are you and Mallory playing in the way that Chase is speaking in the shows? Like, are you guys critiquing him? Are you letting him do his own thing? Like, like how? So, so a little bit, if you go back to our very first episode and, and I kind of warn people to watch, like we were very, very much in the beginning and Chase was just learning how to speak. Um, he's, he's come a long way on his own. And I think it came from, you know, I've told him a few times after the episode, I said, you know what? I said, next episode, I'm going to be quiet and you're going to, and you're going to do a lot more of the talking and just slowly letting him climb that ladder to where he's at now as, as a good public speaker. And he's come a long ways and. You know, if if hockey doesn't pan out, there's always had there, you always have to prepare yourself for life after hockey because no matter what age you are, no matter what level you play at, the game ends at some point, and you have to have a life after that. Exactly. Um, my coach he said the most realistic thing that I've actually ever heard. He said it doesn't matter how old you are, how good you are, everybody ends up in the beer or in the mid league. Which is completely true because it doesn't matter if you end up in it when you're 30 or when you're 19. You're all, everybody ends up in the men's league. That is so true. I've never really looked at it like that, Chase. But that's absolutely right. It's absolutely right. Like, like even a guy like, like for example, a guy as big as Eric Lindros. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm trying to set up a charity hockey tournament that we're going to be raising money for the Steve Ludzik Foundation. We're doing Eric Lindros skaters against the Al Sinclair skaters. Both are beer leagues now, men's leagues, right? Yes. But it's just interesting that we're talking about NHL guys, and you're right. Everybody ends up there. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of what you have set up in between, right? Exactly. And like you said, Will, there's always an end to the hockey. So you have to have something. And Chase, the fact that right now the improvements that you've made Right, the confidence that you've shown. Okay, now how many people have you met in the last year? Let's say, and I know because of COVID, there's not a lot of like personal stuff. But I'm talking about online. I'm talking about talking everything. I don't even know where to begin. I have met so, so, so many people, kids who I absolutely would have never known exist if I um and people I never would have known existed if I didn't play hockey or got injured or got onto the social media or started the podcast like there's so so many people like Philly who we just met recently that I I didn't even know that he existed I didn't know he played hockey until I started talking to him and he's a really good guy or even you for example I didn't know that you existed before this and then <laughs> William started explaining I was like oh I am so excited for this podcast and then I got to meet you and now here we or meet you and now here we are and it's so exciting just to like be able to like see how many like not only friends but like how many opportunities and how many amazing people there are to get to me in between because I mean everything good comes to an end but it's about starting something good after that ends you know kind of like when Groot died and um Guardians of the Galaxy and then he became baby Groot you know like everything ends it's just about starting something new that's right and Chase isn't it interesting just how quickly things evolve yes it really wasn't that long ago that Will's talking about that first episode Right, that was only and, and, and it ago. just man, it happens so quickly. And what I'm finding is that, like for example, with you guys, you guys are working hard 
doing a great job. It's moving along smoothly. Thank you. We're trying to do the same, but we made up a poster the other day and we realized that we've been doing this for five months now and we had to acknowledge that. And I just feel like I, I just started. So like it's, it, it's, it's pretty incredible. I know that we're all going to be riding the crest of the wave and I'm very, very excited for that for sure. Chase, another thing that I think is really, really cool is how late you started playing hockey. Okay, so now the fact that, okay, so what, what would you say? You were 12, 13 years old, right? 13? 14. When you started? You were 14. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 13 or 14. Okay, because right? it's January birthday, right? Yeah. So it was that winter that you turned 14? Yes. Yeah. I usually have to explain it like that, too. Just because, like, I mean, most people, you know, by the time the hockey season's over, they haven't they haven't turned that that birthday, right? Yeah. But us January boys, we do. Yes. So, all right, fair enough. So that's extremely late for a hockey player, like on like like normally, right? The norm. I mean, I, I started when I was five, six years old, and I know guys that I played with, they were sp- skating when they were like three, four years old, right? Yeah. So. Was it hard for you to like start this new sport? You're 14 years old. Yeah, it was definitely very hard. I mean, going from playing a really high level of football to playing a really low level of hockey, but it was real. Like I started out, uh, I think I played. I I skated for like four months. Uh, four months, which I I started skating like um in May of. Like, yeah, of May or April of seventh grade. So, like, four or five months after I turned um, 14. And so I started skating in that time. I wasn't playing hockey yet, but I just say that's right around the time frame. I think it was, like, four months before I actually started playing hockey. So it was right around in that time frame. And, yeah, it was really hard. I mean, trying – I mean, my first season was terrible. I mean, it was bad. It was probably really rough to watch or to have my parents go watch that and then i started getting a little better the next season a little better the next season then during covid everything shut down and i got pretty i want to say really good but a lot better than i was and ever since then i mean even when i came off my injury i got better and ever since my injury i've just kind of skyrocketed to where i am now i mean obviously i'm not the best but i'm not i'm not a bad player you know so for the kids that are interested in starting, they haven't started yet, they're now a teenager, should they give it a shot? 100%. I mean, hockey is the greatest sport out there. That don't, like That's non-biased. It just single-handedly is. I mean, there's. I think that they 100% should try out hockey and even start it. I think that the biggest thing is making sure that they know how to skate before anything because you don't want to get hurt or anything like that. And once you have a good basis of skating, just play house league for a couple of summers, see where you go with it. Because, I mean, there's a story of one of my coaches. His name is Boris Desenko. And um, he coached a Zamboni driver who started playing hockey when he was 16. And I think this year he went drafted like 16th overall um, in the in really? draft. Yeah. And so it, it doesn't matter how lar- or how 
like um how late you start it's just about how much work you're willing to put in to actually be able to become the top so i think that any teenagers or even older like people in their 20s who just want to play in the men's league i say 100 percent go for it because you can really do anything you put your mind to i i agree with that now arizona arizona how much has hockey grown where you guys are in the past five years so in the past, I can't say, I can say off the past two years, because that's really two years that attention. you know personally. Yeah, Yeah, because um, what I know personally is hockey is a really big sport in Arizona. I think it kind of skyrocketed a little bit more when the Golden Knights or the Vegas, Las Vegas Golden Knights kind of came out because, I mean, everybody wanted to play hockey when they came out, especially out here in the, um, the desert. In the yeah, desert. the desert, the desert, yes. And <laughs> so I think after they came in, I, it really made hockey a prevalent in the desert. And so I think that after that, a lot of kids started playing hockey. I mean, I could name eight rinks or teams off the top of my head that are in Arizona. So there's actually a lot of opportunities to play hockey in the desert. And I think I talked to a kid who lived in Las Vegas and up in California, and they said that there's a lot of opportunities up there, too. And so there, there's a lot of hockey out in the desert. Every, obviously, it's not a highly scouted area. Like, because I mean, if a scout's looking for a top player, he's going to go to Michigan or Wisconsin. He's not going to come to Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, California, anywhere up there. But I think that if they would give us opportunities, they'd be very surprised with the results. You know, who's the most popular hockey player from Arizona? Austin Matthews. <laughs> oh yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I remember. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, he's actually, um, I actually um, have skated at the rink multiple times where he grew up at. Nice. Nice. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, obviously my hometown is Toronto. He plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I know that we, we talked about him a little bit uh, when I was on your guy's show. And man, he he's like, from uh, someone that's from Toronto, I got to say, He's now turned into that first overall pick. He is the man right now. <laughs> the best year of his, of his life, the best year of his career is right now. And Toronto Maple Leaf fans are very, very happy with your Arizona boy. I got to <laughs> tell you guys that for sure. He's definitely representing for sure. And the thing that I like about Austin is he talks about that quite a bit. Like, he, he really likes to represent where he's from. He didn't forget where he came from. So I really appreciate that, too. Now, pre-COVID, now, okay, so now, now before this question, what's the, the, the situation with the attendance? With the, I know that the NHL season is just about to wind down here, but uh, is there a like a percentage, a capacity in the Arizona arena, or you guys so know? We're the so where the Coyotes play, I think probably about a month ago they opened it up to like fifteen or twenty percent of the capacity, okay. and we actually went to a couple games. And um, you go into the arena, and only you and your party can sit together. So like me and my wife went, and the row in front of us and the row behind us was all taped off to keep that distance from people, and you only got like two or three seats. Um, next to each other so it's very spaced out I know the last couple weeks going into their their hopeful run for the playoffs that unfortunately didn't pan out um, they increased to I think like 50 percent capacity and they opened up the upper bowl because before the two and 300 levels weren't opened up at all Um, so so it opened up with the hopes of a playoff run 
and I think they ended um, at about 50% capacity is what they're allowing in. And then when we go in, um, there's a separate app on your phone. It's called like Health Pass or something you have to fill out. And just like you'd normally scan your ticket, master tickets or something like that, this Health Pass um, comes up with your picture and your health questionnaire for that day. And you have to do that as well as show your tickets. Okay, so there was no proof of a negative test or anything that like that to get into the arena? Nope, none of that. No proof of vaccinations, nothing like that. It just opened up, but it limited capacity to try to keep that social distance going. In fact, a, a good fact here, um, State Farm Stadium, where the Arizona Cardinals play, is right next to where the Arizona Coyotes play. And in their parking lot, they had the largest um, COVID vaccination site set up in um Joe Biden, who's the president of the U.S., actually modeled the rest of them around the country off that one. Well, because it's in the desert and we're hitting 100-degree days now, they moved that inside. And the, the biggest vaccination site in Arizona is now inside the Gila River Arena where the Coyotes play. Wow. Okay. I definitely did not, not know that. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. So, so no, guys, I, I, I want to – do you guys think that there's going to be – expansion teams in the south do you guys feel or or or, or no um i think like that, i know seattle's just coming in for next yes, season yes i think that i think that they have opportunities to bring in a lot of teams i think that whether they are or not is a question i think that either way there it, it could go either way they could bring in a team for arkansas or mississippi you never know but then again they could just say that all right right now is good and they could just leave it how it is for a couple years and 20 years later they'll add a team to some random place you know they'll make a team for hawaii or something i don't know so i think i think that um I think that it's very hard question to answer. I think that not right now, not anytime soon because of COVID and the NHL's funding's kind of depleted. But I think that once everything opens back up, their funding's going to go through the roof. So I think that it would open up a lot of opportunity to bring back a team, but just not not right now, not until it recovers. Right on. I think a great city, I mean, obviously after this COVID stuff settles down, would be Houston. Yeah, actually, yeah, that would be sick. The Houston Rocketeers or something. Like, like I'm, I'm telling you right now, they had, they, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they still do, but there was an AHL team in Houston for a while. They were the farm club for the Minnesota Wild, and I'm, I'll tell you what, man, that was one of the, the best trips is to be going to Houston and San Antonio. Um, they both had AHL teams, and, and that was, and I got a little taste of the weather that you guys are having right now. Now, I know that before the show, we were talking about the weather. Now, me in Toronto, we, we, obviously, it's the, it's the Celsius versus degrees. But, I mean, we're about 50 right now in Toronto. 50, okay? You guys are, did you say 88 today? 91. 91. <laughs> That's the desert. Yeah, it's terrible. I, I can barely go into my garage to work out. I, I go into the garage to work out, and I'm sweating more than when I come out the first second I go in there. Chase, another thing I wanted to ask you, buddy, was now that you're doing this show, right? So so now you're used to being on camera. I can see that the way you're sitting, 
you got the good posture going. <laughs> when you're watching things like the news, Sports Center, like, are you looking at these things now? Because I try to a little bit. Do you find that you're paying attention to that, that you're picking up on certain things and, you know? So, yes and no. I, I, I think I pay attention to hockey news, but, like, the actual news on, like, COVID and other stuff like that, I don't pay much attention to. Um, the only time I ever would watch the news really is when uh, my grandpa – or my grandma would watch the news in the morning and I'd watch it with them and stuff like that. But other than that, I haven't really, I don't really watch the news too much. I know, I know most of the things that's going on because William tells me most of the stuff. Like if I ask him a question about something, he'll tell me. And so I have him to help kind of help me and tell me the things that are going on. But other than that, I don't pay much attention to it. I'm most of the day I'm either, I don't, I don't really play video games right now because I'm focusing more on working out and getting into shape because I have trouts coming out or coming up. And so right now my day kind of consists of skating, working out, and after the podcast, I'm going to go on a side-by-side ride with my dad. Nice. Wow. So now this working out, I remember being your age, lifting weights, seeing you know some results and stuff, it's very good for the confidence. Releases the endorphins. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. Do you like working out? Because I remember I, I really started to like it at your age. So when I was younger, I would work out a lot. Now I need to stay on top of it a little bit more. But I do find it enjoyable. I think that finding the time with everything I'm doing on a constant basis is a little bit hard. But I feel like once I get out there and get into a groove of things, it feels really good. And I love, I mean, my favorite thing to do is weightlifting, kind of like you said, I love doing that. And um, a lot of cardio and stuff like that. I love to run. It's really fun. And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely do enjoy working out. It's just more finding time is a little difficult. I've seen the videos. I've seen you pumping, pumping that steel, man. Like, oh yeah, yeah, man. I, 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 I watch those. They're, it's very entertaining. Who helps you with that? Who helps you? Well, actually, you know what? It was TikTok videos that I saw on your Instagram. Yeah, very good stuff. I heard you're pretty big on TikTok, Chase. Yeah, so right around when COVID started to kick off, I was bored, had nothing to do doing online school. So I kind of started a little TikTok account and did not expect it to go anywhere. My mom and I was like, um, okay, at 1,000 followers, we're done. 10,000 likes, we're done. Now 780,000 likes later, we're waiting for a million. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, I think that TikTok is a really good app if you use it right. You know, because yeah. like everything, I mean, people abuse it, but I, I like TikTok and I think it's a good app just to kind of like spread awareness about hockey and stuff like that. And to also like bring people together, because I feel like with all the diversity and everything going on, it's really important to just make sure everybody knows that we're one and humanity is no different than anybody else, you know? Yes. And, and there's a lot of. There's a lot of sensitivity out there right now, and that's why I think that it's important that people do have the mindset of what, of what you just said because, man, th the world is just such a better place when everybody's getting along, man. It's just so much better, right?
I 100 so, percent yeah, I, I, I really like hearing stuff like that because this is a hard time right now, guys. A lot of people are down. A lot of people are depressed. Mental health issues are skyrocketing. And that's why these platforms, guys, are so important because I'll tell you, I, I have listened to podcasts and shows where it really has traumatically helped me that day traumatically dramatically helped me that day okay mm -hmm. and i know with where you guys go with your show and even the things that we were talking about today it, it's very uplifting people to be hearing that kind of stuff okay so just so you guys know you cheer up many 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 folks every time you guys go on right so you, so you have awesome. to know that and the days that it's hard you just have to remember that you guys are helping people so sometimes you're going to be taking it on the chin a little bit. Take one for the team. You're not feeling at your best, but you're helping people. So you have to do it. Exactly. That important. I 100% agree with that. I mean, there's times that I pop them like two or three Motrin before it because I have a headache before going in, but I still trying to be uplifting or I'm taking a nap because I had hockey right before our podcast when we're 30 minutes till showtime and pass out on the desk in front of us because I'm dead tired. But I still try and be uplifting and try to help because I know that there's a younger generation watching the podcast and also an older generation watching the podcast. And I think it's impo or important to keep both people encouraged because I feel like sometimes things are geared a little bit more towards the old or like the older people of society, not old people, but like the older generations or too much is geared towards the younger generations and i feel like our podcast is not geared towards either one it's geared towards just um making hockey known to people who would have never thought about hockey or making hockey players and people who wouldn't have been known as much known by the younger community and the older community of people just to it like have everybody who maybe are don't have like the opportunity to play hockey or play certain sports, just be aware of the sport, you know, like I'm doing a project about culture and how culture affects the availability of sports to people like say somebody in Brazil wanted to play hockey, but they didn't have the same opportunities as somebody in Canada to play hockey. So like it, I feel as though just using the podcast to make hockey a more available sport to really everybody or even making it a more known sport to everybody is kind of what we're geared towards, you know? Man, I'm telling you, like, just me hearing that kind of stuff, like, that's really what it's all about. That's part of what it's all about, Jace, right? Exactly. And I'm really glad that you you figured that out so quickly. Then th that's amazing. So now, what's, what do you see the future for splitting twigs? Like, do you guys, do you guys, like, I know that you had to take a, a little bit of a break. I'm the first action in a little while. Now, are you guys going to be doing something again next week? Or are you going to be doing it bi-weekly? Or how is it going to so, work from here on out? So we try to do two to three episodes a week. Um, that was mostly because our other studio, Austin's house, is about 45 minutes away. And with me and Austin's work schedule, we work together. Um, really Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday is the only days that we have off where we're able to, but now putting the studio here at, at our house as well, um, hopefully on work days, we don't go into work till about noon or one. We can start doing a few in the mornings or something to give a little more, 
the hardest part is when you try to schedule with people and say, hey, we do Sunday through Tuesdays. How does that work for you? And and we've had really good reception to that. Um, I know you were asking about our schedule coming up. I know tomorrow we have a company called Infamous Hockey coming on. Um, and nice. my, under, my understanding is they're geared towards youth hockey equipment and creating um, sticks and stuff um, for youth hockey players. And we'll learn a lot more about that tomorrow. And then the only one that we had to reschedule because of Chase's uh, COVID mishap incident, whatever you want to call it, um, is Jerry Rollins, who his dad was Al Rollins. And um, Jerry agreed, and he was very, very understanding. And we'll have him on, I believe, May 16th. And, you know, a little bit about Jerry's story is is, is really awesome. He only played in the, in the pros for a year or two. Um, he skated on Gretzky's first uh, pro team down in Indiana. Um, but he never wanted wow. to play hockey, and he is now, like, a CEO consultant for, like, multi-million dollar businesses and stuff and just to hear what hockey was like back in the 70s versus what it is now and to hear how he prepared himself for life after hockey is going to be really interesting um so that's kind of what what our future looks like we i think my wife and chase's mom is um kind of the the schedule keeper for us and from my understanding like through july or august we're kind of booked out right now so that's why we're trying to open up a few more days during the week um, cause we do enjoy it. And like I said, there's, we don't care about money. We don't care about fundraising. We, we care about just having fun and doing this for entertainment. Well, I, I would say we don't care about the money aspect of it, but fundraising, I wouldn't say that mainly because fundraising can be used, not, not for us, True. but for like raising funds for maybe kids with cancer who want to play hockey or kids with physical or mental disabilities who want to play hockey or even like, um, just in general people who don't have the same opportunities or maybe people who don't have much so i think that fundraising can be used for like helping the community and helping people who maybe even aren't a part of our community you know yes of course and and chase that that that's incredible so thank you for sharing that as well i probably said that probably about seven or eight times in the show because you keep you keep surprising me man with all this great stuff right but now I, I, I kind of wanted to, now, now I know that you guys have given me a little bit more time than we agreed on, and I really, really appreciate that. Oh, we have all okay. the time today. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so now, I, I just, you know, like, like I'm seeing the Buffalo jersey, right? There's two <laughs> Buffalo jerseys, actually. Yeah, there's the, 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 for the listeners, you know, we can see each other during the recording. Right now, yeah. we're just audio. We're probably going to be moving on to visual soon, but man... I know that Will, your your hometown is Buffalo, New York, correct? Yep, I spent grew up there 18 years. In fact, one of my first jobs when I was in high school was working security at the the HSBC Arena. Um, probably in 2000, 2001, I was working there. 2000, 2001. So the heyday of of Mr. Rob Ray. Yep, yep, Rob Ray. Um, man, you know there I, was I, lot. There was a lot of entertainers. Then. Oh God, yes. Yeah, Buffalo was, it's definitely a hockey town. And I don't know, Sean, when the last time you've been there was, but holy cow, I went there a couple years ago. And if you go down by the Harbor Center now, um, the, the hockey rinks they built and, you know, where the canal is down there, they actually freeze that and they have hockey. They have, um, oh, what is it called? Where they curling, they have that kind of stuff down there that, and it's really turned into a, 
a winter sports mecca of the East Coast. Wow, that that's that's incredible. So, so what? Now, did you did you actually did you actually skate down there on the canal? No, no, I didn't. Um, I was only there for a short time, and when I was there, it was because I had a uh, rotator cuff surgery, so I flew back there with some family to do uh, recovery and stuff. So I wasn't able to, but I was able to take in the scenes and the sights and watching the the younger kids out there, and it was a lot of fun. Chase, you ever skated on an outdoor rink, buddy? Yes, in Colorado. Yeah, where? In where? Colorado. Um, last Colorado Springs. Yeah, Colorado Springs last December. Wow, buddy. So what what happened there? What was going on? Um, so he yeah he had to get his knee scoped. So um, (laughs) I went up, I went up there because I wanted to see what hockey was like up there, and it was really fun. I got to experience a lot of different skates and a lot of different places. I got to skate at one of the um, Team USA Olympic training areas. I got to skate on an outdoor rink. I got to skate at just a local rink. And it was a really good opportunity just to see, like, how different hockey is in different areas, you know, because there's different amount of, like, dedication to a single sport because, like, out here it's a lot of football and baseball and golf and stuff where out there it's a lot of hockey and snowboarding and stuff like that. So it's just really cool to kind of see the different diversity between each climate and each state. Yes, no, and and you're absolutely right. And it's and there's sometimes there's such a big difference though from place to place. And when you take all that in, there's something awesome about every single place. And and that's the beauty of traveling around. I remember just doing the tournaments as a kid. That was something that I also noticed as well. So what I what I really want to say, Chase, is I want to say like I know it's going to sound a little cliche and stuff but like I want to say that I'm proud of you brother okay because in today's world what we're lacking the most of is leadership okay at your age what you're doing I know that I was praising you before but I just want to make it clear though Chase because people need to look up to leaders there's lots of people looking up to you right now. It is a responsibility. You have to keep your path very narrow. You're doing that right now. So that's that's what the, that's what's the beautiful thing about it is the fact that you know what? This kid's on the right path and he actually enjoys doing the right path. Okay? And I got to I got to give a lot of credit to your parents. Okay, because I know that Mallory and, 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 and Will do a lot and they care about you and they're supporting you. And you guys are such a good team right now with this show that's going on. And it's such a beautiful thing that it's a family business. Would you guys Absolutely. describe it as that? Yes, 100%. I think that it's definitely very much a family business because without my mom, it wouldn't be as good as it is. Without William, we wouldn't have a co-host. Without Eakin, we wouldn't have a lot of the logistics behind it. So I think that each person plays a very key role, and I would definitely call it a family business because like Eakin's the only person who really isn't family because he's a friend. He's a family friend. But throughout this, I think that we've gotten a lot closer to call him family. So I think that, I mean, this podcast has really brought our family closer so i think it's a really good thing that we've experienced and i think it's a really good thing to keep experiencing as we go forward yes and together guys we will change the world yes absolutely absolutely so guys i want to thank you 
for this incredible, incredible time that I've had with you guys. The Sheriff episode number 20 featuring special guests, the Splitting Twigs crew. And guys, I just want to thank you again. I want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of The Sheriff. We will see you very soon, guys. Woo!